in the name of our Savior God who continues to come to us through his word and sacrament, dear Christian friends. Immorality, idolatry, materialism, violence, wickedness, lack of love and respect. That's a good description of the world before God destroyed it with a flood. Did things change after the flood? Don't we wish. The Old Testament prophets could have gave the same description of the world. So could the, the disciples at Jesus' time. And so can we today. Why is that? Well, we can either blame or give the credit to the devil, sin, and us. So with sadness in our hearts, we have to say, some things never change. And yet at the same time, with joy in our hearts and smiles on our faces, we can also say, some things never change. And the things that I'm talking about now have to do, do with our, our Lord Jesus, what he has done for us and what he still does for us today. So as we look at this account with uh, Jesus in, in the temple, we can joyfully and thankfully say, some things never change. See, the Lord Jesus still comes to us today through his word and sacrament. And he comes to us today bringing the good news of forgiveness and salvation. Where is he? When will he get here? We know he's coming. That's the questions the, the Jews at Isaiah's time had and they were speaking about the arrival of the promised Messiah. They eagerly awaited his arrival because the Assyrian army had conquered the northern kingdom of Israel and so they wanted a Messiah to come and free them. These were questions also uh, the, the Jews in the land of Judah would speak, ask about 100 years later when the Babylonians came in and invaded their country, conquered them and took them off as captives. The Jews at Jesus' time were asking that question because they were under the rule of Rome. So where was the Messiah, the one who would come and do as Isaiah prophesied, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? Yes, see, at Jesus' time, the Jews believed Isaiah's prophecy was describing a Messiah who would come and set them free from the rule of Rome. After all, Isaiah said the Messiah was coming to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to set the oppressed free. And that was them. Jesus knew that they thought that. So what did he do? Well, he went to the temple on the Sabbath like he did every Sabbath. And kind of as the guest preacher, they handed him the scroll containing the words of Isaiah. He read the words, put the scroll down, sat down, and every eye was fastened on him. And then he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he said to them, I am the Christ who was prophesied to come to you. I am the one to came, that came to live with you and to live for you. 
See, on that day, the scripture was being fulfilled in their hearing because Christ, the Messiah, had come. And yet, many of them didn't believe him. You know, some things never change because this scripture is still being fulfilled today in your hearing and mine. Christ still comes to you and to me. And yet, just as many of the Jews at Jesus' time doubted it, I wonder if sometimes we do. If we ask, where is he? Where is the Christ? He doesn't seem to be here. When you get news that a loved one has been diagnosed with cancer, when you're having marriage or family problems, when a loved one suddenly dies or gets killed, but one bad thing after another just keeps, seems to keep happening to you. When you listen to the news at night and just get tired of hearing about all the bad, do you ever wonder, where is he? Has he stopped coming to us? Has he stopped caring? And the answer is no. Jesus is here and still comes to us, but not as an earthly ruler or king. And that, my friends, is something we need to remember. You know, Jesus does not come to us when we're watching TV or when we're sitting up in a deer stand or on the, in the middle of a lake fishing or on the golf course. I know I've heard people uh, say before, I feel closest to God when I'm out in nature. That's when I really feel I connect with him. It's one thing to marvel at the beauty of God's creation, and we should, but that, this is not where he comes and connects to us. He comes to us and connects with us only through the word and sacrament. See, when Jesus was here on earth, he knew where he needed to be. In God's house and around God's word. That was his connection with his heavenly father. That's where he received strength to resist the temptations he faced, to handle all of the, the problems and the struggles that, that he had, a strength that he so desperately needed. And in doing so, he was also obeying the third commandment perfectly in our place. So when you gather here in church around the word and sacrament, when you attend Bible study, when your children are hearing God's word every day in our school or in Sunday school, when you're reading your Bible or devotional booklet at home, that is when Christ comes to you and that's the only way he comes to you. And that's something that never changes. And what also doesn't change is the importance of his coming to you. Because when he comes, he comes to bring you good news. And listen once again to the good news that he brings. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, so to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus was not there to free them from their earthly oppression and enemies or to make their lives more carefree or, or trouble-free. And yet, that's what the people wanted. And I'm, I'm afraid that's what many people want today. But that's not why Jesus came. He came for a much more important purpose. He came to deliver all people from their, our greatest enemies, the devil, sin, and death. 
He came with a message of forgiveness that he would earn for them with his perfect life and his death. He came to remove the burden from their guilty conscience and to set them free from the bondage of Satan's influences over their lives. He came to give them hope, the hope of eternal life in heaven through him. So his rescue was a spiritual one, an eternal one, not an earthly or a temporary one. And that, my friends, is good news for us sinners. And boy, do we ever need to hear good news. I mean, just think about our lives for a moment. We have different kinds of troubles that come. And with them come misery and stress and worries and fears. We, we experience defeat and failure more than we like. Disappointment comes into our lives time and time again. Our loved ones get sick, so do we. Our loved ones die. And that brings a, a sadness and pain and loneliness. Sometimes our own loved ones bring pain and misery into our lives. Oh, we have our moments of joy and happiness and we cherish those. But then it can change at the snap of our fingers. Our lives can be filled with greed and jealousy, selfishness and anger, stress and headaches. And on top of that, we live in a violent world. Immoral lifestyles that God condemns are condoned and accepted by society, maybe by some of our family members. We commit sins and at times have to face the uh, consequences of our sinful actions. Again, we live in a very wicked, materialistic world. And at the end of our lives, there stands death. Inescapable and dark. And add to this dark and dismal picture the fact that we have failed our God, that we have failed to be perfect as he demands from us, and because of that, we deserve to be cast out forever in the outer darkness of hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a pretty picture, is that? But it's a real one. And that, my friends, is why we need to hear good news. And Christ still comes to us today bringing us good news, the best news possible. A mother once approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. And the emperor told her that he had committed this offense twice and that justice demanded death. And the mom said, but I'm not asking for justice, I'm just begging for mercy. And Napoleon said to her, he doesn't deserve mercy. And the woman, the mom said to her, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And all I'm begging for is mercy. Napoleon thought for a few moments and he said, you're right. And I will show mercy. And he spared her son's life. Christ comes to us with the same good news. We don't deserve his forgiveness. We don't deserve a freedom from all the eternal consequences of our sin. And yet God in his mercy gives us forgiveness, full and free, because of Jesus' life and death. And Christ comes to us again and again in his word and sacrament with the good news of sins forgiven, with the good news of his abiding presence and power. 
the goodness of eternal freedom from all the bad and awful consequences of sin. He comes with the good news that life in an imperfect world is only temporary. Life in the perfect world of heaven lasts forever. And that life is ours through him. And that is something that will never change. My friends, we live in an imperfect world occupied by imperfect people. That's something that will never change. Life will be like that in this life until the end of time. And yet in spite of that, we still have hope as we live each day and look ahead. And we have hope because some things never change. The scriptures are still being fulfilled in our hearing today. Christ still is coming to us today, bringing us good news. The news of God's love and favor, the good news of forgiveness and salvation. And with great news like that, we can live each day not in despair or worry about all the challenges and the temptations and the evil in life. But we can go with confidence because we know our Savior is with us. He's promised to give us strength for each new day. And more importantly, he will ultimately give us the victory over sin and death, which he has already won for us with his life and death. And my friends, that is something that will never change. And how thankful we are that it won't. Amen.